What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the 14th episode of Backyard Footy with your host, Hugh Roberts, and my first ever co-host, Peebo Dewey, from episode 8. I'm very excited to have him on my show as my first co-host. Each episode, I dive into the journeys and experiences of, of professional athletes and debate current soccer topics. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. I have my featured guest here with me, Carlton Belmar. A little background on us. We actually met back in high school at Mason Soccer Camp. We were both fours at the time. That's where I met. I think it was the summer 2010. I was going into my freshman year. Fast forward a little bit. He commenced to VCU. I went to George Mason. We're both rivals throughout our career and played each other multiple times. Probably had the best collegiate game of my career, 8-10 semis. Beat them 3-2 in overtime, but this man scored the game-time goal in like the 90th minute to send it to overtime. It's still the craziest game of my life, but... <laughs> but yeah, we've been... I know, right? We've been following each other's careers, and now here we are. People has a little background as well. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I had the pleasure to play against Carlton a couple times, I think, at the collegiate and uh, USL level. Great player. Um, says he got rookie of the year 2015. It just shows what kind of player he is, and 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 happy to be here to be on this uh, podcast interviewing him today. Yes, sir. You know. So without without further ado, welcome you, my guest Carlton. Was good. How's everything? Everything's good, man. You know, just trying to close out the close out the season, close out the year strong, and, you know, continue to move forward. How, how's Kansas City treating you? It's been good. It's cold out there right now, but, you know, like I said, we're, we're trying to finish up on a strong year right now, so you know, just making that playoff push and, and trying to close out the of year. Of course, of course. Do you live in the city, or how's it work now that you're with the MLS yeah. team? Yeah, I currently live downtown right in the middle of the city. That's where most of the, you know, the life is in Kansas City. Of course, City, so. Plaza District <laughs> chilling, huh? <laughs> I said chilling at the Plaza District, huh? I'm <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> trying to stay safe up in up in the sky down here. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 man. Good. Man. Where'd you live with the with the uh, USL team though? Was that free housing? Yeah, I lived out in the suburbs out in Leetwood, Kansas, in the middle of on the Kansas side. It was thirty minute drive from downtown in the middle of nowhere for real. So I mean, Sheesh. it's in the middle of nowhere, but the middle of suburbia. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So since the since the season finished with the USL side, are you just training with the first team now, or how did it work there with the uh, sporting? Yeah, so yeah, once once we all finished up with the USL team, we're we're just back in training with the first team now, and just continuing to kind of you know add pieces to them and help help the, help the squad continue to you know finish this up. So did you train every day still with the first team, and then just get loaned out to the games on the weekends, or did um, you train with school too? It's kind of like a mix, you know, uh, it, it kind of depending on how the week would go and, and who was in training and who wasn't in training. Um, you know, there would be weeks where you train uh, the full week with the first team and then go play the, the game with Swope or, you know, Swope's traveling, was training with Swope for the week and then you know, travel okay. down. So it, it, it all really depends on what you know, the first team is. At the end of the day, I, the teams are there to supplement, yeah. you know, the MLS, MLS team at the end of the day, so... You did whatever was best for them. What's it like getting ready for playoffs now for, with this with your MLS squad? Getting ready for ML, MLS playoffs, not USL playoffs. I think the the competition you're preparing for in the MLS playoffs is a, is, a, is a bit different from the the USL game. So you know it, it's different tactically and and the different individuals they have, you know, and teams and everything. It's, it's a bit different. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's still, it's still the game at the end of the day. It's, it's, of course, it's of course. What's the environment like there? Is it a little more tense now that it's playoffs, or is it still the same? Um, I'd say the environment's like good. Like people are really, I wouldn't say overly confident, but just really confident in the in the squad that we have and the players that we have in the group and and what you know this group is capable of doing. So, you know, people are really excited about that. And then on top of that, it's just the first it's the first home playoff game in Kansas City in like five years. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's wild. City, the city's fighting for that. The fans are really excited for that, and obviously everybody, even if you weren't a part of the team five years ago, still excited to see that happen. So yeah, we'll dive into this a little later. But what's it like in comparison to the USL Championship side last year in the locker room to now being in the playoffs with the MLS side? Um, 
I mean, there's a, there's a bit more experience in, in, in MLSI, obviously. Like, you know, I think we, last year with the, with the USL team, you know, we're all a bunch of younger players who haven't really played in, you know, big championship moments. Right. So uh, it's a little bit, like, quieter, you know, and, and a little bit more tense. The MLS side in comparison to the USL side, you're talking about the young boys and the difference between that? Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, with the with the USL side, it's a bunch of younger guys who haven't really played in you know big championship moments. Haven't really like won like an, an MLS Cup or USL Cup or right. any championships at all. So you know, it, it's a little bit you know more nervy um, and experienced. Whereas with the MLS side, you know, there's there's guys that type of stuff. So you know, mm-hmm. those guys are. It's a little bit more calm and and focused on the mental and physical preparation, right? And just making sure to take care of business on that side. I know you guys have a you know sporting the club have a lot of young guys, younger guys who are signed like homegrown and stuff like that. Where do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself as a veteran now? You know that you have a few years under your belt. Um, where do you see yourself as? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself better. Maybe, maybe when it comes to, you know, playing in the USL, I've been around for a couple of years now, but, you know, now that transitioning over to the MLS side of things, you know, I, it, it kind of, it kind of feels like being a rookie all over again. Yeah, so, yeah. Just trying, to, just trying to adapt and learn as much as possible. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself with that. I mean, I'm going back to the guy like a center, you know. 400 plus MLS appearances, guys mm-hmm. that played in Premier League, World Cups. Right. Uh, that's a whole different caliber. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call myself a rookie, but. Right. Uh, yeah. Still, long, tall, cool. I, I hate you, bro. So, how's this season been for you personally? I know you've played, you've made four appearances this year for the MLS team. Um, I believe you've scored a, your first time ever in the MLS this year, right? Oh, an open cup game. An open actually. cup game. Yeah. So, how's the season been for you? Yeah, no, it's, it was it started off really strong, and then you know, it's kind of, just kind of just got you know, in, in between, you know, having to, you know, be with the first team and then be with the second team, kind of, kind of lose form a little bit, and I can kind of throw off a rhythm. So, it, I, at the end of the day, it's been a good season. I think you know, another another double digit. Goal season, yeah. um, something to build on yeah. for next year. But, you know, it's one of those years you can't really do anything about it. I, I learned a lot. Got to play some, some good games. So, uh, just another year to, to grab some experience and, and learn some lessons, you know? Yeah, yeah. What are the differences in last year, last season in comparison to this season? Obviously, you're on the first team now, but you're still playing mostly with, with Swope Park. So, what are some of the differences in between the years? Yeah, I, um, at this point... It was probably taking everything I, I kind of learned last year and tried to incorporate that into my game this year to try and, you know, push to, to be a part of that group. That was the, that's the focus going into it. And uh, it, it was kind of, it was weird kind of just being caught in between, you know, two different teams. Um, kind of like on one side, you're focusing on what's going on with Swole. On the other side, you're focusing on what's going on with the, the first team. Right. So you're kind of like, in two different places at the same time, so it, it can kind of it can kind of be difficult at times. But at the end of the day, that's the job. Yeah, that's what you gotta yeah. do. So yeah, doing what we love at the end of the day too. So exactly, exactly. So would you say the USL helped prepared you for your MLS call up this year? Yeah, no, I, I lots of credit to the USL and the platform that they've kind of presented us with having the ability to have like second teams and, and everything like that and being yeah. able to get valuable you know game experience even if you're not in like you know one of the, the a club like louisville or, or something like that and right. or if you're not playing regular first team minutes with the mls side so um yeah no they a lot a lot of preparation a lot of experience gained from the usl games and I think it's been very helpful in a lot of people's growth. You know, there's been a lot of guys that have signed out of USL to MLS. Yeah. I mean, as it continues to grow, there'll only be more, and and the level will only keep keep rising. So. Yeah. So besides money and the quality of players, what's some of the key differences in the MLS in comparison to the USL? Uh, I think it's like a 
intensity thing. That's something that you can't really account for. Um, You know, with DSL, I think that's always the biggest difference is those guys, man, every day, the the intensity, the consistency is always there. Those guys come out and play the same way every single day. And it's kind of like eye-opening to see because, like, even on their bad days, they're still really good. So that's something that, you know, don't really see too much in the USL because yeah. you know a lot, a lot of those guys haven't really played at the highest of levels. So no disrespect to anybody, but like you know yeah. that's that's the kind of quality that you miss out on. Right. Like the guys that like I said have played over in Europe and have been doing this since they were 16. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something they're able to bring every single day, day in and day out, and, and they don't they don't miss a rep. So that, that's that was that's always eye opening to me to watch that. Yo, so we, we just talked touched on uh, the intensity of, you know, training sessions every single day. I guess in a way that kind of motivates you, you know, to go out there on every single day and, and you know, do your best, improve, and, you know, kind of just work on things to get better, to get to the highest level, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, my game, Mm-hmm. I think to just try and you know, incorporate into actual game situations is just kind of like you know being that same like ruthless player that you can be mm-hmm. uh, every occasion, no matter you know, what the weather is, you know whether it's raining, snowing, whatever. You just come out and be the same player, and that, and that's something I'm trying to grab onto. It's not the easiest thing, but yeah. you can only you know gain that with time. So you know, yeah. it's still a process. So let's the, the, let's dive into your story. So your dad's from Grenada, right? Yes, Caribbean island. Um, so is that kind of how you got started playing growing up? Yeah, my dad. Yeah, my dad played a lot when he was younger. Not not professionally or anything, but you know, just locally, just played a lot. And then you know, when he came over to the states, something he always was involved in. You know, we'd always be watching Premier League. Yeah. You know, Saturday, Sunday mornings, and everything like that. And I, that was something that just kind of carried on throughout my life. That's all I've ever known. So it was like. You know, kicking the ball was was day one, and, and you know, I remember just being out there as like a little kid and everything, just <laughs> having to yell at me and everything, trying to mm-hmm. trying to get me to do this, get get me to right. do that, and you know, those those are the little things that you you learn to appreciate when you're like at this at this point in your life. Right. That's like, man, like I've been doing this for so long, and and the reason why I'm here is because of those little moments right there. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's something that you know. No matter what, I always kind of like have in the back of my head. Is, yep. You know, that's something that I want to pass on to to my kids and everything like that. So, Thanks, yeah. Yeah. What was it like growing up in the seven five seven? What was soccer like out there? Yeah. For those who don't know, that's Virginia <laughs> Beach as well. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> Go ahead, Don. <laughs> no, it's a very competitive soccer community, man. I think Virginia as a whole and the DMV as a whole has a big, very strong soccer community. Um, you know, and that was no different in, in Southern Virginia. So, um, you know, very competitive, like I said, uh, mixed in with the, you know, obviously the beach, relaxed lifestyle, <laughs> the sand soccer, and, you know, it, it was very, very, like I said, very cool, yeah. relaxed, chill soccer community, and, and just has a good appreciation for the game. Lots of, lots, lots of soccer complexes, stadiums out there, and it, very competitive, man. Yeah. So you, you also played for Virginia Rush Academy, right? Yeah. How yeah, was that so, experience yeah. for you? Uh, wait, wait, what did you say? How was Virginia Rush? How was that experience for you, the Academy? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I a lot of good players in that academy as well. Oh, oh for real? Very good. Like who? Yeah, there's like players like Jordan Cyrus, the, the Cyrus Brothers. Uh, uh, those cats were there. And Jordan Grundy, Pat Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's some... There's some good cats there, man. Did you play with yeah. uh, Dev Fisher? Yeah, 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 yeah Devon, Devon, Devon Fisher, Is Richie Duffy. Oh um, yeah, a lot of like a lot of people out there that you know. Obviously, you know, not everybody has the same same scenarios, and everybody doesn't get the same of chances course. at times. So mm-hmm. you know, it's always, mm-hmm. always tough to know how that stuff kind of plays out. But man, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of the guys I played with growing up, I think, have made me who I am today. Yeah. Okay. And I wouldn't even consider myself the best to come out of where I was. Because nice. there were so many good players that were around me. I, I'm still shocked to see that I'm even here. <laughs> For real, though. Like, like I remember looking at the <laughs> like, 
he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do mm-hmm. something. He's gonna do something, and then like, you know, whatever happens, happens. But it's just one of those things. I'm just appreciative for it, that my career panned out the way it did. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, gotta be. So you went to Salem High School in uh, Virginia Beach, where your four-year starter led the team senior year with 18 goals, seven assists, named first team all state and nominated for Virginia State Player of the Year. Tremendous high school career. Is that when you kind of, like, you realize that was your dream after that with all that success, or when did you kind of realize, you know, this was your career path? Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny, too. Like, I mean, honestly, even by my sophomore year, it wasn't really, you know, everybody was talking about it, we are going to play in college and everything like that, but it, it, it really wasn't. You know that serious for me at the time. It was like it's like obviously it was like a passion of mine, but um, it still wasn't like I wasn't thinking college. And right. It was still one of those big like, man, if, if I get to do that, it'd be cool. But you know, not really, not really tripping off that. Um, my mom was pretty on me about my schoolwork and everything like that, and that was like you know that was taking up most of my energy anyway. You know, you just wanted to play ball and be left alone and everything. Facts. But. Um, yeah, no, I would say I say probably around the time after my dad passed away is kind of when I was kind of like, yo, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to like, put my best foot forward and trying to take it seriously. And that's kind of like when, you know, things started happening. Yeah. Um, I had a couple good academy seasons and then the offer started coming in and ended up committing to VCU. And, you know, I think uh, I, I always remember my initial meeting with the VCU coach and um, just kind of talking about what my aspirations were, you know, and, and I think that was, like, one of the first things he talked about. He's like, you know, if you want to be a pro, you'll come here. And and I think that stuck with me from day one, and that was always the dream after that. Like, that was... So that's what kind of led you to VCU? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, sat, I remember sitting there talking to him, and he was like, you know, like, I think he's like, you have the tools, you, you, could, you could do it, you know, if you put your mind to it, and obviously, you know, do the work. You know, it could, it could, it could happen. And, you know, uh, it was, you would always talk about trusting the process. I was like, one uh-huh. of the first times I've ever, I heard that, I heard that, uh, that slogan and never really took it seriously until, like, you actually, yeah. actually put it. So, yeah, I mean, y'all can speak on that for yourselves. Like, you know, you, the, the days, the amount of days where you're like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. The, the days when you're out there, you're, you're on a slump or whatever, and you're just like, man, like, Mm-hmm. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. You know, yeah. your legs just ain't doing it no more, and you're just like, I'll, I'll give up now. And yeah. that was one of the things. Like, yeah. talking about trusting the process, man, yeah. and, and just kind of work out for itself. No, for sure, yeah. for sure, man. And and I hate hate to bring this up. I'm completely sorry about your father yeah, passing man. and everything. Sorry about that. Um, but in a way, um, obviously that motivates you to become the type of player you want to be and who you are today. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I'm, I think, I think I take a lot of his character, and kind of the way that he kind of pushed me as a as as a young player to kind of mm-hmm. as a young player and as a man. Like he was, he was a very strict, you know, by the rules, by the book. You know, he was in the navy. He had done all that. He was a chief in the navy and everything. So he was he was pretty stern and pretty disciplined, and that kind of you know that kind of followed me through. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say the rest of my life so far, I'm um, just kind of, you know, pushing myself and continue to always strive to kind of get the best results out mm-hmm. yeah. of me and the people around me. So, you know, the dad, that has always stuck with me. He was, he was always very firm on my work, my work effort, you know, and how much I, I put into the things I'm trying to accomplish and also making sure I'm, I'm trying to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that, that, will, that will always be my motivation at the end of the day. So. Gotta be. So then you, you go to VCU, you make an immediate impact as a freshman. You scored 18 goals and had five assists in your career at VCU. A-10 first team, junior and senior year, Atlantic, Reg- Atlantic Region second team, and led the team in scoring for two years. So with all that success in, in college as well, how did you manage and balance that on and off the field in college? Um... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, both know how. I mean, uh, I, I really, I think even my college coaches would say there wasn't really too much balance at the end of the day. I'm being honest, you know, yeah. I think obviously school is going to take the hit on that one. Mm-hmm. 
I think, you know, once you realize the dream and what and, and how close it is, I think you become one track minded at the end of the day and, and, and push towards that. And that's kind of, I, I feel like that's for me, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and at times it backfired on me. It, like, right. you know, failed a couple of classes here and there because of it. Hey. Um, but yeah, failed a couple of classes here and there because of it. And, you know, obviously I have to go make up for that. Yeah. Like, they're on, but, you know, I, I'm just happy to have, you know, achieve the dream and mm-hmm. continue to push forward mm-hmm. and trying to reach the highest level possible. But yeah, I wouldn't say it was too much balance. <laughs> Not too much balance. Um, lot, definitely one side on the soccer side of things. And, yeah. And try to make it as best you could through, through the classes and everything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Of course. What were your thoughts after college? Did you know or have an idea you're going to get drafted? Obviously, uh-huh. you're talking about pursuing a professional career, but, you know, what was your, your thought process? Yeah, I kind of, I think I I was going to play with the Portland U23s for the summer after my junior year of college and kind of had a good year there in PDL out there and played in like the the first All-Star Week. And um, I think that's kind of like after that and going back to school, I think that's when it kind of like dawned on me that I was going to have the the opportunity to play pro. So, uh, Mm yeah. You know, once I realized that 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 it was that close, you know, uh, that that's kind of when the literally just tunnel tunnel vision towards that and nothing else. So, yeah. You know, so that's that's when that happened. So then you end up getting drafted in the second round, 2015. You're the 34th pick to the Portland Timbers, but you didn't sign a first team contract. You ended up signing with the two teams. So how did that kind of affect you mentally? What were your thoughts? Um, it made. I mean. It didn't really affect me that much because at the end of the day, I knew I didn't have the strongest of senior season coming out of college. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so even to get drafted 34th, I, I, I felt extremely lucky and blessed mm-hmm. to have got opportunity. And um, and I knew there was going to have to be a lot of work to do to even like you know make that jump. But uh, I mean that Portland team that year had you know that that same year they won the MLS Cup. Yeah. And they had a stacked, a stacked oh, you were on the team when they won the MLS Cup that year, your rookie year. That was my rookie year with the two team. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, the I did preseason with them and then signed with the second team. We played out that whole year and then I got loaned out to the Cosmos at the end of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I was in Portland for that. How was the Cosmos experience? That, that was dope. That was dope. Like uh, Raul was there, Marcus Sun was there, and, and they had a stacked squad as it was, and they won the NESL as well. Yeah. Even to get that, that that was an experience that I will also hold very dear to me because that really tested my mental strength at that point for sure. Because it was like just come off of a long first rookie season. Yeah. Um, obviously, and then I mean. I, after your senior year coming into your rookie year, is that's like almost 24 months straight of soccer right mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, it was like, you know, I need a break. And, and to have to go on loan right after the season ended was definitely a, a test of, you know, mental strength and just having yeah. to kind of like continue to play and try and get better even when you're not as involved in things. And, and, and that was definitely something I learned. And, and it took with me as, as you know, the career has gone on. So, how do you feel about the mental aspect of the game? Man, it's a tough one, man. Like, I going off what you were saying, kind of. Huh? Going off what you were saying, kind of about the mental toughness and you know playing all these games, but just in general, how do you feel about the mental aspect of the game? I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think mental aspects of the game is not for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. There's just some people that that I don't think can mentally handle it. At the end of the day, when you're you know when you're going through the ups and downs, obviously when like I was talking about earlier, when your body's not feeling the same way it used to, when every day you're just waking up sore. Yeah. And and also like not even really touching on the financial side of it, but when you're not probably making as much money as your peers that are that are off working in the real world, yeah. that's kind of like a, a tough thing to see. Yeah, the best right there. You know, it's one of those things that is like it's it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's a certain type of person that that wants to achieve, you know, their goals in the game or whatever they may be. 
um, and, and was willing to sacrifice whatever that may be, being broke for a couple of years yeah. or um, not being able to, to see your family that often or not being able to make all the, you know, the reunions, the functions and everything yeah. like that. But you're sacrificing your, your whole year basically to chase this at the yeah. end of the day. So, yeah. Nah. It's not for everybody, you know. I agree with that completely. I think the mental aspect might even be more important than your your athletic and your skills on the field, you know? We know a lot of people in the MLS now that maybe shouldn't be there or people in the USL who should be there, but, you know, they get the opportunity or that they quit after a year or two just because it's too tough or, you know, mentally they're exactly. not tough enough for this long, long journey. This shit, this ain't easy. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, even just bringing in the academy days into it. Like, yeah. Like, saying, like, all the dudes that I played with were, I, I mean, I can count, like, on two hands how many dudes were better than me right. at, at that age and how many guys that went on to college and played at bigger colleges than me. And, and, and I, they were very good players, but at the end of the day, like, you know, that the dream's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Chasing, yeah. chasing the ball ain't for everybody at the end of the day. So, yeah. you know, it, it, the, the mental side of it is is something that if you're not if you're not ready for it, if you're not cut out for it, mm-hmm. it's not it's not eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And and you definitely see that even you see that with the rookies that come in. Yeah. Like, as a fourth year player, you see yeah. like yeah. laughing at them like, come right, on, yeah. man, like this is your first year. Like you don't even you don't even know. <laughs> like, you don't even know what that feels like. You haven't even played as much to to understand like you right. know, that grind at the yeah. end of the day, what how it feels like after the thirty fourth game. And and it's cold outside. And you don't want to play anymore, but you want to, you know. So it's like when 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 you got drafted, like how long did it take you to real like realize it? Did you adjust to that kind of mental mindset quickly, or did it take you a while to kind of you know say, oh shit, well you know this is this is different than what I thought it would be. Yeah, no, I mean I kind of. I, I kind of went through a little bit of them. I'd say I kind of hit my little mental breaking point at mm-hmm. the end of my senior year because I had okay. I started off strong my senior year with a couple goals and then just couldn't hit the rhythm. I you know it was it was one of those things where it was like you know I was hearing from people around like hey you, you have the opportunity to go pro this pro yeah. that mm-hmm. you know the draft this the draft that. You know, you gotta you gotta score this many goals, that many goals, and you can you know raise your stock. This you're looking at the mock drafts yeah. and everything like that, and and that stuff can get to you. And I think by the end of my year, I think I was I didn't even get to play in the last couple of games. I was academically ineligible wow. because I just stopped going to class. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm gonna go pro, man. Yeah. Like, you know, bump all bump all this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to... I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you completely. I'm not going to come to class anymore. You know, at the end of the day, and I appreciate my, my, my college coach, Dave Givers, so much for that because he kind of he kind of stuck with me even when I even... I remember even telling him in the study hall one day, like, um, a couple... While I was in academic, academically and I was, I was like, yo, I don't know if I want to play anymore. I was like, you know, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, this isn't fun for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's exhausting. Uh, and having to just deal with, like, outside pressures and people right. are telling you what you could do, what you can do, and mm-hmm. expecting this from you and that. So, you know, that, that kind of, that was kind of my mental breaking point. And then I kind of had a little, you know, revitalization there going into, you know, the drafts and everything and, and, and just being able to be granted that opportunity when I wasn't expecting it was kind of like the eye opener for me where it was like, yo, like you got work to do. Like mm-hmm. people, you know, you know, believe in you and everything like that. So kind of took that into my rookie year and was fortunate enough to like have a good season and got to play games right off the bat. Whereas I feel like there's a lot of guys that go into a rookie year maybe and don't get to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have to spend their whole first year like on a bench or something. Yeah. Right? I, just, I was lucky enough to play every game score a bunch of goals, yeah. got to play against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, but not, was, I got to, yeah, play preseason with the first team and just kind of like get gain those experiences that most people don't, Yeah. most players don't get. So I think that helped me skip like that, that mental slump right after mm-hmm. the jump. And then, you know, my second year actually kind of had another one where it was like, 
you start seeing the different sides sides of the games where it's like the business younger guys side. start coming in. Exactly, yeah. business side of it for younger guys start coming in, and you know, obviously they're going to be more valuable long long term yeah. when you're talking about a 22 year old versus a 17 year old. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, so it's like once you start realizing that there's somebody coming for your spot, yeah. no matter what, there are millions of players out there, and anyone can take a job Facts. at any point in the season. No matter rookie rookie of the year or whatever MVP whoever it is, it's never it's never a lock. So mm-hmm. that was definitely something I learned my second year and, and was able to take that into my third year with Swope and and had a had another good year. So yeah, you know, learning lessons all the way along. So I, I know there's more to come. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a journey at the end of the day. That's what's up. So in 2015, you ended up becoming the USL Rookie of the Year, as you were saying before. But you're still, you know, battling some time with the first team and the second team. Did that play a role with you leaving Portland? Portland? You know, because you weren't getting a lot of opportunities yet with the first team. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, how being in the MLS club system, you know, your your goal is always to to make the first. Yeah, and, and um, and you know, obviously, you know, that was something I was pushing for and was hoping to get, you know, after the end of my first year after winning Rookie of the Year. But you know, the consensus was we need to see more, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's what they told and, you in your meeting. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was just like you know, obviously, just need to see more because at, mm-hmm. at the beginning of it, it was, it was we're not sure because you didn't have a strong senior season. We're not sure how you would adapt to the to the game, which is fair. I, I that like like I said, I, I felt very blessed to even be got drafted yeah. after only scoring four goals in my senior season yeah. and like three assists. So like you know, there was guys out there that were scoring twenty some goals, and and I got drafted before them. So I felt very lucky mm-hmm. for that. So uh, so after my rookie year, I can understand where somebody would say, okay, was that like you know beginner's luck type of thing? Let's see what you do the second year. And, you know, obviously for me, that was, that was a little frustrating mm-hmm. at the end of the day because I, I, maybe I expected to get opportunities that I probably didn't deserve at the time. And I probably didn't realize that, which is also another, you know, learning lesson that I think we've all learned at some point. is like maybe you're not as good as you thought yeah. you were right. when you start stepping up with the big boys. And, and I think that was like one of those things that had to humble me real quick. And obviously, you know, business side of soccer is there's always somebody going to try and compete for your job. And there's always going to be younger players coming in and everything like that. So kind of got caught up in the mix in that and just, you know, unfortunately, kind of kind of on my side of things, just kind of lost focus because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not playing regularly or yeah. you, you feel like you should be playing. And, and, and when, you're, when you're on that type of energy, it's never going to be good. So, you know, you get sidetracked and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I had no, no hard feelings for the Timbers or anything like that. It yeah. was, it was uh, I was very appreciative of my time there. And, and that has been a catalyst for me to continue to grow and develop. Um, they, they gave me a platform and I was lucky enough to use it. So, so then last season, you took that leap to another MLS 2 side. You signed with Swole Park Rangers, who's affiliates with Sporting KC in the MLS. And then you went straight that same year, last season, you went to the USL final. So how was that whole experience for you? You played Louisville City, who won back-to-back last night. I don't know if you saw that game. <laughs> but yeah, how was that experience for you, you know, coming from Portland, now to Swope, and you going to the USL finals right off the jump? Um... I don't even really know how to describe it. It was kind of it was kind of crazy. It's like not not being involved in the playoffs or being involved in playoff soccer necessarily, even though you know the Timbers' first team was in it and you know won the NASL with the Cosmos, but wasn't really involved in it. So I really didn't know what those games felt like. Yeah. So yeah, coming into Swope where you know that was a caliber that was expected after they had gone to the final the year before. Um, you know, really didn't realize what that meant up until, you know, you're in the penalty shootout mm-hmm. against Brooklyn mm-hmm. Phoenix and, and against OKC and against SAC and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, you know, those were, those were still learning experiences for me at the same time. And I think it all kind of came full circle um, 
in Louisville that year when they, they I, I think I was talking to somebody the other day um, after we had lost this this past playoffs to Phoenix and, and just remembering getting scored on in the crowd, not your crowd, someone else's crowd, <laughs> so loud, mm-hmm. yelling, and it was it was one of those things that just kind of you know is another experience that you have to you have to gain is being on the, the other side of yeah. not winning that championship. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you know that was a good experience for me, and that that's was. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to being on the other side of, you know, mm-hmm. in the future. Is, mm-hmm. is having my crowd, you know, roaring after, you know, a, a, a late goal or yeah. they should win. So, um, looking forward to it, yeah. So. so, how did it feel to sign that MLS contract, though, this offseason? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Congrats on that, too, by the yeah, way. Man. Thank you, fam. Uh, that was actually, like, in September, so... Season one isn't even done yet. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, they, that was really unexpected. Like, there was, you know, got to make my Open Cup debut with them, like, in July last year. And, you know, that was that was obviously, you know, a milestone for me was just, like, finally, after all the hard work, finally got yeah. to, like, you know, make a debut. And, you know, wasn't really, like, expecting too much. Wasn't, you know, all the, the focus was finish out the rest of the season and you see what happens in the offseason, obviously. Um, but then, like, you know, I was lucky enough to get called into the office one day before before the first team training and hit me with the news. And I was like, That's what? crazy. You were training with the first team at the time? Or? Said you before training? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys injured, a couple guys away on international duty, so they, they need numbers and everything like that. Um... And I think at the time they had just Dom had just left for Orlando. Yeah. And they, you know, were you know, I think they not necessarily were trying to re- replace him right away, but mm-hmm. just, you know, fill fill numbers and fill the spot. So you know, uh, got the news and I was shocked. I was like, he said, you know, we're gonna offer you a contract and I'm like, what? <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> what? It was just something it was one of those things where it was like, man, like now I look back on it, I could have cried, honestly. Yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. It was like those first two years in Portland, man, and being at the Cosmos, and then that first couple months with Scope, man, it was a grind, bro. Like, yeah. it, just remember those nights where you like, man, like, it's not, it's not worth it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was calling you like, hey, I can't give you any more money. Thanks, <laughs> 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 When the paycheck ain't looking right and people think you're balling. Oh, like, yeah. It's not what you think. Nah, you know? yeah. Not at all. So, you know, man, just for just to that to even happen, it's like, yo, like, that's, that's, what, that's what I was working for. Right? And, uh, yeah, it's a blessing, bro. Ain't, so, ain't trying yeah. to be all in your pockets, but what, what was your first purchase when you signed your contract? <laughs> purchase, I think, was... Uh, Gucci told you. Hey, you gotta get the Gucci. You gotta get the Gucci on the travel, the away trips. You know. Got to. I I remember the Tochi bag I had before. Man, had toothpaste on the outside of it. There was some commercial Tochi bag, and I just remember looking at everybody. I was like, I'm a bum. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I remember talking to one of my boys I was there, the Dakota he played with Swope too and VC as well. Um I was like, yo man, if I sign a contract, man, I swear to God, bro, I'm gonna be I'm gonna give me a new coach, you got a new wallet. I had a coach wallet. I remember actually funny story, like I remember I was out in Portland one one night and I I think I was at a bar soon. I remember pulling out my wallet and some girl looked at my wallet and I said, Is that a coach? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me. My mom got me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's funny. Hey, that's funny. Like. <laughs> chill out. <laughs> chill. That's funny. That's but yeah, no, nah, I mean, hey, I, and then I think in those moments, you instantly see, you always, you always think about, like, man, how do those football players, basketball players go broke? I do you know, know how. Oh, yeah. How? And now, and then until you not even have all that, but until you just have something. A little yeah. taste, yeah. You, know, you start looking at the account like, man, I got days of the week. Exit, though. You got to check for the rent, you got to check mm-hmm. for the car. And mm-hmm. like, what's left? You got dogs, <laughs> too, so you got kids in the house. <laughs> yeah, right, so. 
That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, that's it's just a testament of the hard work. Another thing that you learn from just being around older guys, like in the game and stuff, is, is those guys have learned how to like put their money away yeah. and be, you know, uh, financially smart and everything like that. So yeah, it's definitely been a learning curve for sure. Mm-hmm. But even after signing that contract, though, you're still playing most of your games this year with the second team. Yeah. So how did that kind of affect you mentally? You know, even though you still made it per se, you're still fighting for minutes with the first team. Um, it was another one of those things similar to Portland, where it was like, you know, Sporting had obviously, you know, a, a group of forwards. I think you know they signed a DC. They already had a DP winger. They had a, a center forward who's played a lot of MLS minutes in Kyrie and Diego, um, you know, and they and they brought in Johnny Russell from from uh, from England, who obviously played in you know the highest level in England and made international appearances for Scotland. So it was another and, and Daniel as well, who had just come off of a very good you know uh, uh, MLS year and was you know scheduled to do the same. Is a senior so it was a it was thing where it was like I'm in a I'm in a group of very talented talented players and arguably the best in the league right now. So yeah, yeah. I, for me it was like you know continue to do my thing and take whatever opportunities I can get to kind of just show that you know I, I belong um, within that group of players. So that that was it, it was frustrating obviously because at the end of the day you as a as a competitive athlete you're gonna want to be, you know, playing, you're gonna wanna be at the highest level, but you know, that's that's something that's not always gonna be possible whether it's because of your performance or not. Yeah. Uh, um the team, the team started off seven and mm. um, you know, under undefeated and and uh or one and seven and one or something like that. So it's it, tough. And, and like I said, finishing finish first in the West. So mm. you know, it, it's a it's a very good group of players here, man. And and that's what this year has been. Is it's another learning curve. It's like the the caliber has always continued to rise here, and, and it's just been unreal, man. The guys that they have out here, so much you can learn from, and and trying to implement it in my game. And I thought that was a very uh, strong reason why I started off so well in the USL in uh, those first nine games, scoring nine goals. So I was like, you know, there's nothing I could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those where yeah. I couldn't be, I couldn't even be mad about it because I was like, man, like the, the first team's playing so well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't argue that I could go in there and do anyone else's job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. At the end of the day, like I said, just being a just being an athlete obviously is gonna frustrate you, but it's like I said, I learned that my second year in Portland, you know, you can't can't be selfish. You just gotta continue to work on your own game and try and continue to stay focused and develop. So that was kind of my mentality going going through it this year. That's the mentality you gotta have too though, you know. People exactly. let that shit eat them up inside you start start thinking about other people's lives and their careers and stuff, like it takes a toll on you. Yeah, no, I mean it's one of those things that also starts happening when, like, when when guys start worrying about who's making what and yeah. who's doing. Yeah. I mean, when you when that start that conversation starts coming around, man, that, that's not something you want to be a part of. Nah, nah. Hearing those kind of talks, that's you're in the you're in the wrong mindset. You know? Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's that's another side of the whole mental game. That's just it's, it's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to see like. You know, but it's it's one of those things where you just eventually learn just to mind your business mm-hmm. and take care of you at the end of the day while at the same time doing your job, which is to help the team. But at the same time, you just have to worry about you. Yeah. Uh, like when it comes to those type of things. So, you know, just a bunch of things that you just learn along the way, man. It's mm-hmm. different scenarios that you're presented with and, and stuff that will, you know, continue mm-hmm. to teach you life lessons the third day. Mm-hmm. That's a life lesson right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean y'all know. Y'all know y'all y'all know very well what that what that's like when you're over here like he's making what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know the MLS players union releases everyone's salary yeah. too. So you know we be checking too like he be making what <laughs> 
I'm playing against him and he yeah. on what? <laughs> yeah. He's sitting next to me and, and, and I'm, and, you know, it's just the tax brackets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I think that was, that was definitely one of the things that was, <laughs> it, it teaches you, man, just to just stay humble, mind yeah. yeah, for sure. Get head down, keep working, keep grinding, you know so how does being African American impact you in the sport on and off the field? Um, <laughs> you know we're a minority in the sport, you know, and yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and I think that's why I laughed because it was like you know obviously, um, I think the stereotype, and that's that is a bad one or anything like that, but it's like everyone expects you to kind of be that the most athletic person. Yeah. On the team or the fastest person, mm-hmm. and you kind of get stereotyped as that that player. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, you're not you're not going to be technical, but you'll be really athletic. Yeah. And, and that's kind of another one of my motivations, also, to continue to grow and learn. Is trying to beat that and be, you know, a hybrid in the sense, you know, what I mean, kind of be able to do both. Offer and, both, yeah. And that that's that's always been my goal as a player since I've become a pro is to kind of like you know kind of beat that and not just be the athletic fast guy on the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to be that guy that can you know link play or or whatever it is that 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 the team may need. So you know you never want to be just the guy who's just that one trick pony type of thing. So that's kind of been um that's kind of been my 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 goal and that's kind of how that's affected me. Yeah. Say off the field. Um, same thing. Stereotypes at the end of the day, people are gonna be like, "Oh, you're you're a black athlete. Like you must, you know, want to wear chains or jewelry, mm-hmm. blow your money, have nice cars, type of thing." Yeah. So yeah, man, it's it's crazy to see, but it, it's funny at the end of the day because it's like we're not making basketball. Nah. So it, it's it's one of those things you laugh at, where you're obviously not gonna be going out and being like, "Ah, I make this, I make that." Yeah. Like, yo, like, I'm not, I'm not what you think, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. Not out here. And I yeah. asked this question because, you know, I'm doing Uber and Lyft now in the off-season. You got to find another way yeah. to make some income. But I pick up this yeah. older black woman out in Pittsburgh, and she's like, you know, we don't really find a lot of you referring to me being a black person in the soccer world in general. And she's, like, coming from, like, the bad areas in Pittsburgh, and she's like, yeah. You know, none of the boys out here will ever touch a soccer ball because it's not the cool sport to do, and mm-hmm. it's, no one's ever playing that sport. And I was thinking yeah. about that a lot, and, you know, you think about, of course, we're the minority in the sport as well, but just in this country in general, a lot of the African-American kids are kind of steering away from the sport of soccer. And, you know, it's expensive, so, of course, it's pay to play. You know, people are steering different directions and stuff, but it's still frowned upon for the most part in this country, so... You know, I'm just asking you if you, I don't know if you have any plans, you know, to do some little camps or clinics in the 757 area back home because, you know, that's a good African-American population back there as well. And I have plans myself as well, even here in the D, the DMV area. I'm, I'm mostly in D, near D.C. though, and I'm I'm definitely, you know, with people as well, mm-hmm. coming up with some plans in the future to come up with some, some things for more African-American kids, get opportunities to do what we do because, again, you have to pay to play the sport, but... It needs this door needs to be open for a lot of us, so a lot more people have opportunities. Exactly, and I think that's just gonna be just keep the country as a whole from a soccer perspective behind from other countries because obviously, like you said, it's pay to play. Whereas, like you know, other other countries and everything have made it available for you know younger kids to get into programs like that, regardless of your income or whatever. Um, to, to be able to get into the game and, and that's where a lot of the hidden talent is mm-hmm. is in the minority groups um, and, and you're already starting to see different regions and different teams trying to tap into that maybe in, within the Latino populations or, or wherever that may be yeah that but, too that too yeah exactly so you know it's definitely yeah I, I definitely know what you're talking about though for real uh, I, I mean even just thinking about the 757 is is it's one of those things where I remember me and my three boys, you know, when me and my homies come back home, like it was, we were always those three black kids mm-hmm. that play ball. Yeah. And it was like, they're pretty distinctive. You're able to figure out who was who because it was, you know, always us. <laughs> Easily. They were the only black kids playing. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, man. It's funny. I think that's, it's funny. 
because somebody would be like, oh, you're a professional athlete. Do you, do you play football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basketball <laughs> for me, you know, tall as shit. Yeah. <laughs> play soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that look, right? <laughs> you must be one of those, like, white boys. I just happen to play soccer. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's okay and it's normal everywhere else but yeah. here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things you just grow to kind of just like shake your head, nod, respond, or whatever type of thing. Right. Yeah. And I I know you know obviously you guys are located in the Midwest, um, and and Kansas City has a huge, massive soccer culture out there. Would you yeah. say that you as a player have been more accepting because you you play for Sporting Kansas City in the area? From a racial perspective. From a racial perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't even say when we're something the people out here really like that. Yeah. Uh, I think the people out here, that's what, that's what, I mean, when I first heard Kansas City, you know, I, I didn't really have the best expectations. I have never even, I never really even heard of Kansas City. I feel you, bro. Before, <laughs> really, before I had kind of like got into, you know, much expectations for it. I thought it was going to be like flat cornfields and everything like yeah. that. And, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of lots of white people and everything, but it, it's, it's not really like that. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty eclectic, pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone kind of plays the game out here, like, like you said. So it, it's, it's, um, it's not really like that for real. It's, um, it's like I said, it's, it, everyone plays and, and, and I, I don't think I'm any more accepted than anybody else. Yeah, here, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's pretty chill for most part. Everybody's friendly. Everybody yeah. is welcoming. So it's, it's cool. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's the type of environment you need, and you know, to become a man. Exactly. And, you know. so, and that's, that's just obviously being from Virginia to DMV and any of those mm-hmm. southern states, man. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things that you like have grown to like kind of look out for. Yeah. Is, is areas like that, like mm-hmm. places you, you're just trying to like. Stay clear of you don't want no problems. You don't want to run into any anything like that, man. Especially nowadays. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially nowadays. Bother with any of that, man. So yeah, that's yeah, so. Yeah, Kansas City. Kansas City's dope, man. Yeah, it has its own little thing, its own mm-hmm. little environment. So, how do you feel about the college game? <clears throat> if you could go back again, would you go the same route? And, um, I, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, I mean, I find myself every time I like, you know, go and watch this shoot class, man, if I can go back right now with, with what I know now about yeah. everything and like the way you can see the game and go back now, like, man, I could be, I could be anywhere right yeah, now. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I, I, college game has changed, man. It, it, I, for me, watching, watching the games nowadays, I'm like, man, like, it's not the same. You yeah. know? It, it was a lot more intense, a lot more like soccer being played. I felt like when and when we were cool, and, um, and I just I think it, it's it's one of those things that's probably like a dying game at this point in mm-hmm. in the soccer culture. Uh, as you see, the best players at this at this point are going straight to the league, mm-hmm. and it's not even second college yeah. anymore. So. It's, it's gonna be the same thing like I feel like what happened in high school soccer when they were like you can't play high school yeah. you can't play academy mm-hmm. so I feel like that eventually that's probably what's gonna happen to it it'll be that one thing that you know the best players don't go do anymore very it's diluted kind of that's what I was gonna ask too because you know yeah. the talent in the college games not as strong anymore but is it because the USL structure is so strong right now you see like even in your academy you have how many teenagers are signed with the first team? Yeah, they're playing with Sopa. You still have a good amount of academy boys that are signed with the first team. And yeah, it's because of the bridge and how strong it is. But even, like, other kids in the U.S. are like, I don't know if you... You, oh, you definitely played against that 16-year-old in L.A., right? L.A. too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, even giving the 15, 16-year-old that opportunity to get to earn money as a teenager is tremendous. So I feel like if it's me personally... I, if I had no I have an opportunity to go pro as a teenager, I might take that money. But the structure is different than when it was when we were back in school. A hundred percent. There was no one really 
looking besides Freddie Adu, there's no one really looking for like you know eighteen uh, year old or sixteen year old to come play like that, or even like you said, the the, the structure is so much different now where that wasn't even like a, a thing where it was like yo you got to go to college first to you know hopefully get drafted. Right. Whereas now these kids are like, yo, if I have a couple good academy seasons, I'll get signed. Like yeah. First yeah. Yeah. Different mindset. So it's yeah, it's a whole different perspective now. Um, I, and I and I think like it, it's working, man. It's working. Even even the kids that Sporting has signed now, like take Busio for instance, Donald Busio, like you know, kid is sixteen, and you know, I just remember sixteen, and I was just like, oh, I got a car, and I'm, yeah. Like high school soccer, I'm cool with that. <laughs> he's playing MLS minutes, and he's a baller at that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, the game's changed, man. The game's changed, and, and college, I, I, I know, though, college is the way to go anymore, man. It's, I know, though, it's, right? It's, 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 it's like the last resort to, yeah. at this point. Yeah. You, know, you, you make it as a, as a young guy, hopefully you can you know, go, and, go and, you know, shoot something in a college game. And, and that's also funny because I had, like, yesterday I saw some dude score, like, 28 goals in college, but I still haven't heard anything about him, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the normal thing, I guess. That's crazy, now. though. I haven't heard the name or whatever, but there's, like, some kid out there in, like, Denver. I didn't even know that. Oh, I actually heard that. At Denver? Yeah. yeah. You know, locker room. Yeah, I even have to look up, like, what the, the college goal record was because I was, like, 28 goals. Yeah. That's crazy. 20. Doesn't make sense. Top five signing right there. <laughs> Man, I was like, is this high school soccer now? They're dropping like 30, 40 goals in a 20 game season. Like, nah, so, yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely changing. And it's going to, I think, in the years to come, especially if this country. Yeah. It won't be, it won't be the pathway. Right. For too long. And especially the way the U.S. is setting things up now with the, with the Division 2, Division 1. Championship mm-hmm. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's moving in the right direction. It's gonna obviously take time, but they they it's they're, coming. They're moving in the right way. Yeah. What does the MLS need to do to improve? Sorry, to continue to continuously improve to produce players for the national team. How how important is it for the MLS to keep growing? I think it's very important, man. Like I think what they're what, how they continue to keep bringing in like high caliber players, like people. Like, I don't know if you guys watched the, the Portland-Seattle game last night. Oh, yeah. Really, really Diaz character. Like, you keep bringing in guys like that that continue to raise the bar. Yeah. You know, that much higher. Like, even Johnny Russell here. Like, those, those guys are coming over from England, and they're showing, like, you know, top quality, like, performance day in and day out. So, we continue to keep implementing players like that, adding players like that to the game. It's only going to continue to grow. And the standard will only be that much higher. So, you know, I, I think they have to just continue to kind of keep building those environments with really good players and then continuing to allow the youth to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, th- I think Sporting is, does a pretty good job of it with having the academy guys train with Swole, train with the first team, and being able to gain those experiences. Because I wasn't doing that. I didn't see a pro athlete up until, you know, I was fortunate to, to play with future pro right. athletes in college. You right. know what I mean? Like they, they weren't pros yet. So it was like, I, did, I didn't get to play against any up until I got drafted. Yeah. So yeah. they're not what that was like until you're there. And that and that's experience you can't count for Yeah, until you know, you're actually doing it. Yeah, youth is key. That's what they're doing overseas. They're giving these 17, 18-year-old boys, even 19, 20, like, first team minutes and actually getting true experience not just putting them down to the second team yes they're on the second team sometimes too but like they're still given opportunities as long as you're good enough and that's how it should be here too hey, you put, uh, I feel like you have to be able to put people in I don't think you should baby people into it but be able to put people into a system where or provide them with everything they need to go and be the best they can be and excel. maybe not show them everything that they have to do to do it but be able to, you know, let a player find themselves. Yeah. And then by just have the environment there, create the environment, let them learn as much as possible and take advantage of it. Right. And I think that's when you begin to start finding out you know, it's not when you start, you know, developing that. And I think, you know, the MLS has done a pretty good job with it. 
the, the academies and, and teams continuing to sign homegrown. So definitely something I wish I was I could have been a part of as a younger player now, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, you know, just, you know, kind of has their own pathway. So, you know, the best thing. What do you, you have any goals, short term or long term? Um, I think that's something I want to just sit down and think about um, after the season's done for sure. But I think at the end of the day, I want to. Most to play at the highest level possible, whether that's here in MLS, overseas, wherever I can continue to grow and become the best athlete, you know, man, I can possibly be. That's where I want. That's where I want to be at. So, you know, it's it's continued search, continued journey of trying to, you know, gain that experience and, and continue to learn. No matter what age you're at, you need to to strive for the best out of myself, no matter where I'm at. So, yeah. Um, talk about just just briefly. I know we talked about your experiences and everything, but the whole sacrifice at the end of the day. Like, if you were to give a message to the youth who are listening right now about the the sacrifices that you have to go through, what would you say to them? I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to be specific, but just how important it is. Like, if you want to chase your dream. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I was about to say, like, you know, it's definitely something that you really need to sit down and think about. You know, before you try and get involved, because it is not. It's not for everybody. I think it's something that if you really want to set your mind to, you really have to like know that and believe in that. And be prepared to, like you said, sacrifice the, the family side of it, the friend mm-hmm. side of it, mm-hmm. the relationship side of it to go and, you know, get what it is that you want. Uh, and, and, and I'll definitely say that that's something that you have to consider. It's not all fun and games at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. it looks fun to, to be out there kicking balls and everything. But when you're on your 11th month straight, you haven't seen your family in a year. Right. Type of thing, it, it's like, you know, that, that stuff takes a toll on people. And you lose... You can lose relationships like that. Mm-hmm. You can lose touch with people like that. Like, you know, that, that I think that's, I'm fortunate enough to have like a good group of friends, but, you know, I miss weddings. You know, yeah. I, I miss, yeah. I miss the graduation. I miss the birthdays and everything like that. When people are going to go on vacation. Summertime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> summer, yeah, summertime. Summertime when everybody's doing their thing and everything. You just have to sit back on Instagram and watch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> scroll. And just kind of live through, live through Snapchat and everything like that. It's, it's definitely something that you really have to sit down and ask yourself if that's something you really want to do, if you're going to be willing to do that. Because I think these years are valuable. And to spend them in a place where you're unhappy because you feel like you're missing out or you're not enjoying what you're doing is, I think, a terrible decision and, and could be like a mistake of a lifetime you right. know, for me to, to, to go through that. So, I mean, this is this is something that I've always wanted to do, and I and I enjoy the process of it at mm-hmm. this point. Um, so, you know, for me, that that's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. Yeah, and, and it's just to know that one day it could pay off. And that's, and like you said, that's that's something that I think you know all of us are kind of born with. Who make it this far is that hunger, that desire to kind of be willing to, you know, say I don't really care for all that. I'm I'm here to I'm here to achieve. Yeah, you know, the most money or or take care of my family at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So. What advice would you give to young players? Uh, no, nah, go ahead, go ahead. What advice would you give to young players who have aspirations to become professional? Most simple, like it, it is. I think it's, and I don't think it's overused, but you hear it so much. I think people don't really take it into account, but trust the process is like. Mm-hmm. That, that is, there's nothing really than that statement right there, trust the process. Because like I said, man, like those days when you're like, I, I want to quit. And, and you just be like, look, I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to trust in it. I'm going to yeah. believe in what I said I was going to do or what I want to do or believe in God that he's going to take me somewhere. That is, that is, 
just to just to watch it all pan out the way it's supposed to is 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 something special if you allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. If you if you go and try and control in the things that you can't control, you'll find yourself running in a in a hamster wheel, not getting anywhere. So hmm. I just can't speak on how important that is, man. It's just you know be there for it, be present, you know, be able to to willing willing to sacrifice, willing to make yourself susceptible to learning and and becoming you know something better as an athlete, as a man, you know, as a person, you know, everything. Yeah. Mentally, physically, everything. It's something that you have to be invested in. Right. Yo, so I appreciate you coming on my show for this 14th episode. Awesome episode, bro. I appreciate you. No problem, my guy. Good talking to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yo, good luck the rest of the way. Good luck this weekend on playoffs. I'll be watching. Appreciate it, fam. Of course. Yeah, right? Of course, yo. Appreciate you again. Be easy. All right, my guy. All right, Joe, one love. Thank you to all Backyard Footy listeners. Thank you for subscribing and following along. It's much appreciated. I can't thank you guys enough for the feedback and the love. It means a lot. Hit the subscribe button and stay tuned for future shows. Talk to you soon, footy fans.